Hi everyone, my name is Yizian, an analyst from OCBC Credit Research, and I'm joined today with uh, Hongwei and Sisi. Since February, the team has actively shared our thoughts on the Sing uh, bond market as well as assessing uh, the credit strength of issuers, especially in light of a tougher operating environment for 2020. So in the past three months, uh, we've did uh, 14 issuer profile changes, mostly on the downside, and we've only upgraded one company. Uh, the latest being Fraser's Property Limited, whose issuer profile was lowered to neutral five last Friday. So we thought we'd spend some time today uh, going through Fraser's Properties Limited as well as other issuers within the Fraser's group. So Hongwei, let's start with the parent company, Fraser's Property Limited. Perhaps you can share with us uh, the reasons behind the rating action that you took on Friday. Oh, hi, Yizian. So for Fraser's Property, we downgraded this company to Neutral 5 issue profile from Neutral 4. Uh, there's two big reasons for this. The first is really uh, you know, due to COVID-19, uh, it has pressured uh, some parts of uh, FPLs or Fraser's Properties uh, business. Uh, just as a bit of uh, introduction to Fraser's Property, Fraser's Property uh, ha has involvement in uh, retail, industrial, uh, office, uh, hospitality, and also does development. So various parts of his businesses are impacted, uh, in, especially in the retail, hospitality, and development space. For Fraser's, uh, for Fraser's property itself, uh, the net gearing also has climbed uh, quite a bit. Now it is at 1.1 times. Uh, this is mainly due to uh, the call of this uh, perpetual. So with the perpetual being called, uh, less cash is on the balance sheet of uh, Fraser's property and as well, uh, that action also uh, shrunk its equity uh, somewhat. So uh, I, I know that for retail and hospitality, actually, uh, I think Zizi can elaborate a bit more on uh, what's happening at that kind of space. So maybe Zizi, do you want to share a bit of the views on uh, retail? Yeah, so for the retail side, we are seeing a weaker operating environment and it's due to the outbreak of COVID-19 and the measures the government put in place to significantly reduce movement. So we actually expect the retail sector in Singapore to undergo challenging times. And with that, we actually lowered Fraser Center Point Trust issue profile to neutral four from neutral three earlier last month. So Fraser Center Point Trust is the retail REIT that is under Fraser's Property Limited. Yeah, so, so, so I'll just jump in a little bit first. Hongwei, uh, you mentioned a lot about uh, phrases, hospitality, as well as retail. But you know, in Singapore, it, it comes as a property developer. You mean they're not a property developer anymore? Uh, actually, you, can, you are absolutely right. I wouldn't really call phrases property uh, property developer. Uh, so in terms of breakdown, about 80% of uh, its assets are now in uh, investment properties uh, related. Uh, and only 20% are in uh, you know, uh, residential. So what happens is that really the investment property part really drives uh, the, the, the operating results of uh, Fraser's property. Uh, so with what he has uh, mentioned, uh, retail actually comprises about 23% of uh, Fraser's properties, the total assets. And, that, and this segment, obviously, uh, due to the circuit breaker in uh, Singapore, uh, the, the results are affected. So for hospitality itself, uh, this segment is about 16%. So, I mean, Izin is probably the subject matter expert here. Izin, do you want to uh, share a bit about this also? Yeah, so um, some of our listeners may have heard uh, in an earlier podcast when we talk about other hospitality issuers. So Fraser's Hospitality, they are mostly in uh, service residences as well as their own hotels. 
So unsurprisingly, with the virus outbreak, a lot of these revenues is not coming into the properties. And uh, what is happening is that Fraser's properties uh, has a fixed income arrangement with the Fraser's Hospitality, where every year uh, they will extend about 50 million to Fraser's Hospitality rate. So not only uh, Fraser's Hospitality is not able to generate a lot of dividend income back to Fraser's property, um, Fraser's property actually is, is still obliged to, to help with this uh, 15 million. Although we don't think that with the lowering of the um, Fraser's property, it, it will mean that this money is not going to come in into Fraser's hospitality. Yeah, thanks, Izian. So effectively, what, what I think is happening is that uh, uh, historically, uh, Fraser's property uh, has been uh, relying on these uh, REITs and also these investment properties for recurring income. But now I think uh, it's the opposite. For hospitality, uh, Fraser's property now has to cough up money uh, in order to top up the uh, cash to, to, to Fraser's property. I mean, all, all of this is on a masterly structure. So what, what's happening uh, is that I estimate that the or dividends that uh, Fraser's property originally would have gotten from its REITs uh, was about 130 million. But because of this, uh, you know, um, COVID, uh, that there results in an impact on the hospitality and retail segment. I think the dividends coming from the streets will fall from 130 to just 80 million. And for the non-read parts of Fraser's property, uh, I think the impact could be uh, similar also. In terms of uh, credit metrics, as I, I mentioned, uh, the net gearing has climbed uh, quite substantially. Uh, now the net debt to EBITDA uh, is actually at 13 times and uh, EBITDA to interest is at 2.4 times. So I think these numbers, what they mean is that uh, uh, these are not uh, very uh, solid numbers uh, as of now, although they are, they are manageable uh, still. Uh, however, we need to bear in mind that we have possibly not seen the worst yet. Right, so back to this REITs, right? Just now you, you mentioned a bit how um, Fraser's properties actually get get distributions from the REIT, that's one of the key uh, recurring income. I think there is another two more. Maybe since you can shed some light, um, that there is also FCOT and there's also uh, FILT. Yeah, so for uh, Fraser's Commercial Trust, FCOT, it has merged with Fraser's Logistics and Industrial Trust to form Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust. And since FCOT has been delisted from SGX. So now we have just one. Instead of two, I see. But but these two reads is not something that you would be very worried about in this this say twelve months or so. Yeah. So relative to retail and hospitality, logistic and commercial part, they are much less affected by COVID for now. I see. So Hongyi, you you talk about um in your report that you still remain comfortable with Fraser's property despite the downgrade. Can you share a little bit more light on this? Yeah. So what I mean by comfortable is that I don't think uh, Fraser's property will uh, default, or rather will be a default candidate. Uh. Okay. So so despite saying that the credit profile has weakened very substantially, uh, what what is happening in Fraser's property that gives me some uh, confidence still is that. I think it should be able to uh, repay its uh, near-term debt that's maturing. So this uh, is because I think it still managed to maintain uh, sufficient uh, bank uh, access, bank line access, and also it has a cash balance of uh, nearly uh, four billion. 
And what what is happening uh, is that uh, because of uh, COVID, I think uh, Francis Property is beginning to think about uh, selling down more of its assets, perhaps into the REITs. Uh, so as mentioned, uh, Francis Property has a retail, hospitality, uh, industrial, uh, and offices. So all, all these, I think, are, are potential assets that uh, that uh, Francis Property can look to inject into its REITs for cash. Alternatively, uh, outside of REITs, there's also uh, third parties who can potentially uh, absorb some of these uh, properties. Okay, other, other than outright asset sale, uh, I think uh, what, is, uh, what, what Francis Property can do is to cut uh, expenses. So for example, uh, Fraser's uh, property uh, has closed uh, several F&B outlets. Uh, it has also closed hotel rooms that are you know, not achieving a, a lot of occupancy, shortened uh, working hours, and also uh, roll out unpaid leave. Uh, right, so measures... basically you're saying that they are cutting costs then? Yes, you're right. That's so... one of the mitigation. You're right, they, they cut costs, so that should help to conserve cash. Uh, that will uh, help the Fraser's property uh, tight through this period. In terms right. of uh, capital commitments, like in terms of uh, big projects and so on, I think Fraser's property will probably uh, scale down on this uh, ambition in the near term so it doesn't have to uh, come out uh, cash. Right, so if we move away a bit from the company and then let's, let's go to the actual curve itself, right? So OCBC Credit Research has been underweight on perpetual as an asset class for quite some time now. Uh, and Fraser's property has more than a billion worth of perpetual. So what's your take on that? Mm, so number one, I think I'm underweight on uh, perps. Uh, same story as I've been saying. A lot of companies, they want to uh, save on cash. So uh, calling or rather redeeming the perpetuals would be a cash outlay, which I think uh, some of these companies might want to avoid. So as a result, uh, a lot of these perpetuals will face uh, non core risk. So in terms of Fraser's property itself, I think uh, although historically it has uh, caught its perps, or rather caught its perpetuals, and the most recent one being the Fraser's property 5% perpetual that was called. However, this may not necessarily, necessarily mean that going forward, uh, Francis property will continue calling its perps because it may be uneconomical to do so. Right. Does Tsuchi have any views on, on the maybe the senior bonds by the risk? Maybe just, just broadly. For the F court bonds, we have actually issued uh, a piece to our our clients to recommend them to put the bonds back to back to F court because with the with the merger and the delisting of FCOT, we will likely see lower liquidity for their senior bonds. Right. So thank you very much both Hongwei and Sisi for sharing your thoughts on the developments at Phrases. So in summary, the change in issuer profile uh, was driven by expectations that recurring income at Phrases property is likely to fall and the knock-on effect is, will be on their leverage ratios that will weaken. Uh, although the companies have taken steps to mitigate the impact from the virus. Uh, but that being said, there are still certain parts within the Fraser's group that still looks interesting from a risk-reward perspective. So we hope that you found this podcast useful and we will continue updating listeners uh, with views on topical issues concerning both uh, issues that we cover as well as the broader market. Thank you very much. This has been a podcast from OCBC Bank. Follow us on Spotify for more episodes like the one you've just heard.